DJ PK, it's time to talk a little BYU football with Dick Harmon from the Deseret News. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Dick, good morning. Good morning, David. Patrick, how, how is it going? Oh, it's going great. But I got to tell you, man, <clears throat> the D News reminds me like the Yankees in the old days. They used to just buy up all the best talent. <laughs> I mean, what's going on over there? My gosh. Just building up assets, bringing people in from the dark side. It's it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're glad to have we're glad to have Jay Drew with us. He's a good talent, great asset, um, experienced journalist, and uh, I like Jay personally. I've golfed with him before, traveled with him, spent a lot of time as have both of you. Yep. And uh, yeah, we're 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 glad he's here. It's plug and play, right? Brad Brad Rock retires, so you just go out and uh, buy another top talent. This is uh, this is the well, way this is the way the Lakers approach free agency sometimes. I guess so. Yeah, uh, it's all good. So, how many people will be covering the BYU Utah game for the Deseret News at uh, you know eleven thirty, eleven forty five at night, whenever that thing finally wraps up down there in Provo? That's a great question. It depends on if they bring the internet guys in. If they bring the internet guys in, it could be anywhere from four to eight or to six. I don't know how many will be in the press box, but there'll probably be some on the sidelines or in the stands or wherever uh, a reporter can be stuck. But yeah. So as I look at this team, I feel more of a sense of optimism. I feel they have more of a sense of optimism than they did at this time last year. And obviously one of the reasons would be Zach Wilson. But I think they have certainly a a greater sense of optimism at running back. And I've never seen this Williams kid carry a ball live. I can go and look. I can look at numbers and so forth. Um, But I'm wondering how much of a difference maker can he be? Because sometimes these grad transfers, they come in and they're really good. And other times they don't do a whole lot. I'm with you there, Patrick. We haven't seen enough of him. They've had restricted practices. All that we've been able to do is to talk to other players about him, uh, talk to Zach Wilson, uh, talk to A.J. Stewart, his coach, and they're high on him. They believe that he's got the worth ethic. He's been a, had a great example as far as what he's done in practices and in team meetings. Uh, physically, he looks like he's got the part. He's, you know, his background in high school is the best running back in uh, South Carolina. Um he was a four A four star type of a guy back then, and I don't know what's happened to him in his college career. People at South Carolina say that they're going to miss him. They could have been very productive for him, but the overall, it's more of an overall thing where they've got more bodies to decide. And if people break down or get injured or twist an ankle or maybe bang a shoulder, they got more choices now than they did uh, at the end of that last year. It was kind of a disaster. Nothing to take away from Matt Hadley, a converted linebacker, but when he was out there against the Utah defense and he, he, he rushed for 64 yards, which I think was fantastic, but he went down in the, the second uh, half and, he, you know, third quarter, and they were done. They really had no other choices. They turned conservative, and that was not something that Zach Wilson was very happy about. But that, they did what they did to kind of try to write out that lead. In hindsight, maybe they should have been more aggressive. And I think all the coaching staff believes that, too. They could have maybe done some things without Matt Hadley being a threat on the run, but they didn't do that either. So most teams uh, struggle to run the ball against the Utes. The Cougars did it. Are they going to do it again? Are you pretty confident in their ability to do that? 
Oh, I, I don't know. You you got to give Utah's defensive front four a lot of credit. They're they're all back. They all return. If you read the if you read about them and and listen to what people are saying about them, they they may be the best in college football. So to say that they're going to have immediate success or continued success throughout that game running the ball against that front, uh, I, I think would be precedent. But I I also think that Utah lost a couple of what I thought were some of the best two linebackers in college. Uh, football. Uh, those guys were tremendous at plugging holes, filling gaps, making plays. Uh, it was a tackle on Hadley by one of one of those guys. I think it was Hanson that, you know, ended his career. Um, I think missing those two playmakers is going to be an adjustment for Utah. And if there's any hope for BYU in establishing the run, it'll be the fact that maybe Francis Bernard and whoever else they put out there um, may or may not be up to the level of those two guys. I think up front, BYU's offensive line is physical. They're big. They're experienced. I think they can lean on people and get them tired over the course of a game. That might be to BYU's benefit. But to say that they're going to come out and push Utah's front four around is really, really a tall ask of this uh, of Jeff Grimes and his offense. But he likes that. He likes the physicality. And I think they do have the people that can try to do that whether or not they're successful remains to be seen. But that's one of the intriguing things about this game is, is that line battle because BYU really really feels very, very good about their their offensive linemen. So with that in mind, if you ask any offensive coordinator, you know, what do you plan for offense this year run pass? Oh, we're going to be balanced. I mean, you can guarantee they're going to say we're, we're, we're going to be a balanced offense. Everybody says it. With that in mind, what do you think that distribution is percentage-wise between pass and run? Uh, that's a good question. I think a lot of it depends on what the success is in the game. If, if BYU comes out and runs the ball and is able to get three or four yards of carry on the Ute defense, then I think you'll see them kind of keep with that. But they, they definitely want to stretch the field and test Utah's uh, the rest part of their defense. They've been working a lot on chunk plays, uh, chunk yardage passes. They've been very good at it. Uh, Zach Wilson has been very good with his touch passes. He's leading his, his, his receivers, and they're catching it in stride, and he's letting them run under the ball. Those are all the things that they've been working hard on to, to make that more of a threat because they, they realize with this schedule that they have, they can't afford to go against Washington, Tennessee, Utah, and, and USC and expect to have 12, 13 play drives. I mean, that's that's just not realistic to think that way. What they need to do is to move the chains and, you know, have some plays that go for, you know, 9 or 10 or 12 yards and maybe even break off a 30-yarder here and then. You know, that, that's easier said than done, but I think the success of running the ball on, on, on Utah and how much they do that will, will, will really depend right in game if they're able to do it. So when they want to break off these big plays so they don't need these 13-play drives, who are the big, who's the big play guy or who are the big play guys? Well, I think, I think Matt Bushman, anytime BYU's been successful for the past 45 years that I've covered BYU football, they've had a tight end that makes plays. Their uh, curl routes, their slants, their they line them out outside the uh, the, the, the tackle box with you know and they split them out wide and they go against linebackers and safeties and they make plays. I think Matt Bushman is the kind of guy that can do that. Oliva Hefo is one of the fastest players on this team. Uh, he's a deep threat. Uh, he has uh, he's shown that in his career. They hope that he can do that. Dax Milne is another guy who was a walk on, preferred walk on, but now has gained status as a scholarship player. He's got great speed. Reads defenses really well, has good moves. 
I think you got to watch Gunnar Romney. He's a bigger receiver with good speed. Um, whether if, if the Ute uh, secondary locks those guys up, they've got to turn to the tight ends. And uh, I think Matt Bushman is a guy that could get him the yards. He's proven that. Defensively, they're going to need some playmakers. They've had some great linebackers, as you say, on the last 45 years with the tight ends, and that's a fact. And you can also say at the linebacker position, they've had some big-time studs there. Uh, who are you looking forward to maybe take some of the role of the studs that they've had in prior seasons? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a real test for them, losing uh, Sione Taki Taki because he was such a great playmaker, great speed, great attitude, tough guy. I, I think Zane Anderson fits that mold of slash linebacker. He's He's got tremendous speed. Um, he, he's a heady player. He's a senior. He's been around the block. Uh, I think Jackson Kafusi has shown flashes of brilliance. Um, they got a guy named uh, uh, Peyton uh, Wilgar. His father, Dana Wilgar, played in 72, 73, 74, with some of those first bowl games. He's a hard hitter. He's got good size at 6'3", 225. Um, they've got this uh, uh, Peely kid, I think, that can be stuck in it. Uh, middle linebacker or outside linebacker and i think that they're really in they're really trying to find answers and if there's one weakness right now that team i think is trying to plug in players for those that have lost or have been injured for instance at corner i think chris wilcox and uh, troy warner those two have been out and they're, they're really playing young corners at that one position they moved dylan uh, Gondalco over at one corner position, and he's the best tackler cover guy they got. That kind of shows you that they were kind of concerned about that area, bringing him in from safety. So yeah, if there's any weaknesses, it's just these guys are young and inexperienced on defense, and they're kind of trying to get what they can do. As of yet, they haven't named some of those guys. They haven't named them as starters at number one or number two, and that kind of shows you how concerned they are about making not only the right choice but keeping them all engaged during practice every day until uh, perhaps maybe the first of next week when they say, okay, you're number one. They haven't done that yet. So are the Utes going to be able to run the ball on the Cougars? You bring up all these questions about the defense, and you know what the game plan is. It's not going to change. They're going to try to run it down their throats. I, I think that should be the game plan. I think we ought to test uh, this defensive uh, front seven of BYU. And uh, they got the people that uh, can do it. I mean, I, I've been very impressed with Utah's three-deep uh, running back situation, whether or not Zach Moss is able to, to go in this game. We still don't know, but expect that he will, even if he's got a cast on his arm. Um, the Utes have always had tremendous run game uh, performances um, over the years, put people in the NFL. And I, I think you test that. You say, yeah, let's go out. Let's see. Let's get down to the dirty part in the in the middle, and let's push people around, see if we can get it done. If they do that, they'll just keep doing it. So, yeah, I would expect that would be a game plan that uh, that the youth would uh, would definitely try, and Andy will press that button as often as he can. How much is Kalani coaching for his job? You know, that, that that's a good question. Tom Homo kind of – Shucked that off yesterday when he talked about renewing his contract and it wasn't an issue if he beat this team or that team or what he did. But I think that what he's done, Pat, if you follow things, he's really cleaned up a lot of problems that they had off that four-win team uh, where a lot of things just went downhill. He's asked people to leave. He's pushed people out. He's brought other people in. He's he's accepted the standard that you're going to do it academically and you're going to do it with the honor code. And, you know, we'll give you a break here and we'll give you a break there. But if you continually are a serial offender and it's dragging down our program and our team, you're gone. You're gone. I don't care who you are. And he's even told recruits that have yet to commit or sign, that, hey, you just won't fit in here. Let's, let's find you a better place. 
So he has bought into that, and I think the administration appreciates the fact that he, as the point man, is going to make those decisions and is going to be the filter for what they need to keep their program clean. Now, as far four decades of covering this team, they always have guys that mess up, and they will. They'll continue to do that. But as a filter and a point person representing, they really need him to be that guy that's going to make some hard decisions, and he's doing that, and I think that pleases them very much. Do you think they're built to handle this four-game stretch at the start of the season? Can they get out of it 2-2? Two and two? You know, I don't know how many teams Dave are built to do that. I, I think it'll be tough. If they if they were to win one game or two games, I think this would be a successful September. It, the, the real possibility is this could be an improved team, be a, a much improved team, but go on 4 And that, that that's the reality of this schedule in September. I would think they have a better chance on their home field against Utah than um, than, than some would expect. Um, they are going to be an underdog, but I think that motivates them. I think the way that they played against Washington is kind of scary because they didn't show up last year at Washington. That was awful. And it's kind of a reminiscent of the game that they played against LSU. They had nothing. They didn't show anything. So I think that team has matured in a way uh, to where that won't be a big problem. USC's down. Um, they've got all kinds of issues. Maybe you can get them on your home uh, field of things are clicking. Uh, Washington, again, I, I don't know. So, you know, if they won two games, I think it would be a big success for this f- football team. So is BYU really pumping up Jim McMahon? I don't know that BYU is, but his former teammate uh, Tom Olmo is. I mean, uh, <laughs> What was that about? <laughs> I, I think if a fan asked in the audience, he was, he was facing a couple of hundred people at Education Week and something that, that's a tradition that Tom does. And somebody raised their hand and said, why are you guys always pumping up Jim McMahon when he doesn't represent a lot about the school that, you know, we all stand for? And Tom got kind of teary-eyed, and he said, hey, listen, he's the best teammate that I ever had. And he's had some good ones, including Ronnie Lott. But the people that know Jim McMahon and can look aside from some of the things that, you know, he was involved in and, you know, kind of pushing the edge and the envelope on, on rules and that. Jim was, Jim was one, one of the, the, best, the best athletes and best people, uh, persons that, that were around. I remember doing a radio show like the one that you guys are doing, and I asked. We just started it off at KOVO down in Provo. And I asked Jim McMahon to come be on that program, um, to show up at the studio and to do that. And I had no idea if he would or would not. But he, he came down there in this place that you could hardly find out in west, out, out in the west by the lake, uh, west suburbs. Um, and he showed up there in his green duster, came in there and spent 35, 40 minutes. But he has done so much uh, for people um, in helping them financially. Um, he was a tremendous leader and friend to the and teammates, to the people that he was around. And I think people forget. They, they look at the other part. It's kind of the punk quarterback. But he's done a lot of things that have meant a lot of lot to people and built relationships that they really care about. And if you were to talk to any of his teammates, they'd feel the same way about him. You want to ask him to be on our show? Absolutely. You'd do okay. it. Okay. Go golfing with him. Barefoot. He, he golfs barefoot, too. It's kind of funny. Okay. I, I didn't expect that. You ever golf barefoot, PK? No, I got bad feet, man. <laughs> yeah, that, you're right. That. That'd be a bad look. Well, Dick, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us and, uh, you know, the uh, cast of thousands from the Deseret News ready to swarm the press box. You're going to need your own row. (laughs) 
It's all good. It's all fun. It's good to see you guys and talk to you, and thanks for having me on your program.